episode of We Only Look Thin Since Sliced Bread. <laughs> uh, I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I've lost 140 pounds, and with me today is... Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds. And yes, we have been recording this show since the early 1920s, and as we learned on the last episode, Sliced Bread was uh, invented in 1928, the so this is the best thing. episode since then. The best episode. Wow, that's a long time. Those are Early 1920s episodes are not our best work. (laughs) Not our best work, yeah. It was a complicated Look, I, time. I think they're still Dragons solid. Dragons were yeah. flying in the air. We, we were too busy trying to do 23 Skidoo and yeah. <laughs> whatever they did in the Roaring Twenties. We were too busy roaring with Charlestons <laughs> in the Twenties, yes, to exactly. uh, really focus on weight loss and fitness. But uh, this is part two of two parts of one episode of two parts of We Only Look Thin. Yes. Uh, as I just said. Um, yeah, in the last episode... <laughs> I don't know, dude. They're not all winners. I was too busy doing the Charleston in my brain. Yes, Um, as were we all. But in the last episode, we talked about sort of our ideal selves ruining our actual lives and uh, how we overthink and how we try to hold ourselves to these ideals of weight loss instead of the practical side of life. Yeah, and how the pursuit of perfection can oftentimes lead to procrastination. That's a lot of P's in there. It sure is. Um, But it, it... really is a matter of this getting over this all or nothing mindset that we have. And I did it for years and years and years. The idea that if I couldn't be perfect, that I would just do nothing instead. Congratulations. Thank you Mission so much. Mission accomplished. Yes, I did nothing until I got diabetes. Well, and like we said, you know, I was 41 when I started this last time, Jern Venture, and I had all of these notions about the, this perfect weight loss plan I had to do, or if I couldn't do it exactly like this, then I wasn't going to do it at all. And it just got me in this zigzag of all, you know, losing all the weight and then gaining most of it back for 20 some years. And in this time, we've realized that flexibility and adaptability, maybe those are the same thing. I don't even know. Um, I like having two things to talk about. So it makes it sound more. Yeah. And they both end with ability. So (laughs) they're really, they're really different. Uh, But I realized this time that I had to be open to the idea that life wasn't going to hand me the perfect circumstances for weight loss. And seeing it that way has made it much easier to stick to a plan because I realize that my plan is adaptable. Yes. And it doesn't have to be all mason jar salads and perfection. Sometimes it can be mason jar salads. Sometimes it can be a single baby carrot, which we will talk about later on in the episode. Yeah. And I think I learned a valuable lesson over the last, you know, five, six years. And I suppose over my whole life, which is that. I need to have a backup plan to my main plan and a backup plan to my backup plan. Exactly. And, you know, it's sort of when when things are easy, when life throws me a nice, you know, pocket where I'm not super busy and I have all the time, I can do all the things that I my ideal self would do. But then there are times when I get busier and then there are times when I get busier than that and I need to have a plan in place to cover myself for all of those occasions so that I'm not just 
throwing up my hands and going like, well, I guess I have to just eat all the fast food now. Right. So I know in the last episode, we sort of joked about like, I need something that takes no time to cook, that's non-GMO, that's healthy, that's low calorie, that doesn't spoil immediately, that my family's going to love, that I can eat at work on the fly, that doesn't have to be heated up, but it's also super fresh and crunchy. (laughs) Right. And it has to, you know, fit all of these ideals, almost like, you know, I mean, not that profiles on websites were a thing when we were kids but like these like dating profiles that have these like perfect you know statistics on people that they have to match up perfectly yeah Um, exactly we're gonna swipe left and right on this episode (laughs) i don't know what swiping is i i always forget which one's the good one i uh, i haven't (laughs) (laughs) i haven't been on any swiping websites for my entire life yeah uh so we still see people, uh, including ourselves at times, who sort of come in with crossed arms saying, you know, I can't lose weight because I have a limited diet. I can't lose weight because I work too much. I can't lose weight because my family loves delicious, wholesome, homemade meals. Right. And a lot of times our ideals are at cross purposes with our actual health goals. And back in the day, the days of yore, the days where dinosaurs and dragons roam the earth with Calvin Coolidge right. uh, and sliced bread... <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, listen to the last too episode. Too bad, so yeah. sad. Yeah. But we have all of these, you know, all of these circumstances need to be met before I can lose weight. It will just get us where it got Donald Weigel, which is diabetes land. Exactly. Uh, and it's fun and games in your 20s when it's about vanity and it's about sort of, you know, oh, I just want to look good for this wedding. But finally, when we realize that our actual lives are at stake, sorry to get, you know, get down before we get back up again. Wow. When our actual lives are on the stake, we realize that we can advocate for our health goals in any circumstance. Uh, so in this episode, last time we talked about sort of the, the the big mindset sort of things. And in this, we were practical talking about dragons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and in this episode, we're going to talk about sort of the, the on the ground tactics we can take when really considering what we're ready for in terms of our eating goals and the way we prepare food, the way we think about food. It is, you know, I we, we sort of mentioned it on the last episode, the that sort of evolution of man from, you know, from Neanderthal all the way up to standing upright, <laughs> hunched over our telephones, uh, right, our, right. our smartphones sort of thing. And we can think about that in terms of where we are on the spectrum for the kinds of food we eat the and the health goals that we have. And it's not going to be the same every single day. If you think that you're going to go from I'm doing nothing with my health goals to absolute perfection for the rest of your life, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Absolutely. And um, before we get deeper into it, I just want to say I'm going to do my best to concentrate, but now all I can imagine is Calvin Coolidge riding a dinosaur. <laughs> um, but. You know, I mentioned uh, at the top of the show having a, a, you know, ideal plan, sort of a middle road plan and a, you know, emergency plan. And when you're coming up with your plan for these three things, one of the things to consider is variety versus predictability. And you have to ask yourself, which one of those things means more to you? Is it better for you to go with what you know, which takes less energy, Or are you the kind of person who just never seems to know what they're going to feel like eating and and you want to be in the moment? And if you're the first kind of person who likes the predictability, you know, that sort of lines itself up for being easy. You, You buy those foods, you have them ready, 
you you are know what you're going to eat all the time. If you can't do that, if you're just somebody who wants to eat on the fly, then you have to plan a lot more and you have to have those those foods available so that you're not just throwing up your hands and going with whatever. Well, and for sure, and part of that, you know, you Donald basically eats the same thing yeah. for breakfast and lunch and snacks, and then maybe has a little bit of variety for dinner. He, yeah. His spice of life is spices, not uh, right. not variety of foods, right. but it makes his plan predictable because he's not having to sort of decide. And there are people out there in uh, audience land, including myself, sometimes like, well, I don't know what I want to eat. Like, right. I, I consider myself, you know, sort of like a more of a European who goes to the market every day. And I'm a sees, free like, the spirit, freshest. man. That, yeah, no, but I think, <laughs> I'm a leaf blowing with the wind, man. But I think that that is sort of troublesome at times because it's at cross purposes with what we say our end goal is. And a lot of times something that I say in Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place, We Only Look Thin Place is how is that serving you? How is that fly by the seat of your pants? I don't know what I'm going to want today. I just go with where my body takes me. My body takes me to, you know, the extra double size portion menu on anything. That's where I I go on a whim. And sometimes it's easier to just have that predictable, stable choice to go back to than all of that, you know, kind of like, oh, well, I get my kicks from, you know, never eating the same thing twice. I actually, there was a meal plan that I saw recently that was like, you won't repeat a meal for 30 days. That stressed me out so much. Like, how am I going to have enough ingredients to have 30 unique meals? That is not where I get my kicks. I like a little bit of predictability. Well, and I think to, you know, not to belabor this point, but I think that a lot of times, I know I did it, I would use that sort of thing as an excuse oh. just to set myself up. I don't know what they're going to serve. I don't to, know what they're going to have, have to buy service. the indulgent fast food meal or whatever. Yeah. yeah would, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to, I, I can't possibly, you know, predict you know, what I'm going to want at that time. So, and then I would just have no choice in air quotes except yeah. to eat the indulgent food. Exactly. I purposely just spoke over you at the same time. I know sometimes people are like, oh, well, they need to plan out what they're going to talk. You know, in those musicals where they have two dialogues oh, going yeah. on at once, that was kind of what I was going for. I was going yeah. for one of those uh, those moments. So. I forget what that's called, but anyway, anyway someone um, will write us and let us know. I did it on purpose. So just letting you know, I wasn't trying to be rude. Um, so the next thing, speaking of things that happen, uh, the next thing that kind of goes into that variety predictability thing is decision fatigue. Yeah. Too many choices lead to indecision, which leads to takeout, fast food, or grazing. We do that all or nothing. Either it's 100% homemade or I'm getting takeout. It's either, you know, that what I grew up with, which like the meat starch vegetable, like my grandmother used to do, or it's fast food revenge eating. It's sort of if I can't hit that ideal, then I'm not going to do anything at all. And I think people... And including me fall into this. I've got to have this perfect meal for our daughter. I've got to, you know, be this ideal mom. And sometimes that ideal just doesn't work. And because of that, it leads me to just, well, if I don't have time to do that, I'm going to do nothing, which is just takeout. And hey, maybe it's most of the time that ideal doesn't work if we're being honest with ourselves. And again, it's another one of these things where we can use that as an excuse to intentionally sabotage ourselves. Uh, Another thing to think about is your energy expenditure or effort. There are times when I feel like I could, you know, prep all of the food in the world and I'm like, I'm going to spend half of my Saturday like making all of this great stuff that I'm going to eat for the week. 
but really most of the time I just cannot be bothered. So ask yourself, what is your current energy level? Is it sustainable? Is it something that's going to last forever? Like Catherine's used this example a few times. She did this thing where she was making these pre-jarred salads, yeah. you know, and that lasted like two or three weeks. And then suddenly it was like, I can't do this. Even and so one I more didn't minute. do anything. Yeah. But I, I think that that's a big thing. And, you know, all of this is dependent on your circumstances. If you're in a really stressful time, your level of ability to home prep things can change. And I used to think it was either I have to do it 100% or I'm not going to do anything at all. And, and we did an episode called Spoon Man, which yeah. was about spoon theory and that, you know, people only have a certain amount of energy. And sometimes, some days you have more than others. And when you do, you can take advantage of those. But really, you have to have a backup plan for when you just don't have the bandwidth to, you know, shop and prep and cook things from scratch. And, you know, have that backup so that you're not resorting to the, the super indulgent fast food. Exactly. And another point is access to ingredients. I see so many of these, you know, 30-day meal plans or 20-day meal plans for 14, I'll just name days. Right. Where of people that I really like, but it's like if you don't get exactly what they're eating, like, okay, you've got to have like quinoa or you've got to have <laughs> right. lemongrass or whatever. And I'm going, I'm not, I don't buy lemongrass. What am I going to do if I can't <laughs> do lemongrass? I don't like cottage cheese. I buy lemongrass cheese just in case just like in case. every week i've never used it but i buy it just Day to have it case. just in case it comes up yeah i like it but really realistically what ingredients do you have on on hand how much processing will it take to convert the raw ingredients into a meal and i this sort of ties into something we're going to talk about later it's like okay well i don't have the energy to make a salad like do i have to have my own victory garden in order to be a good mother who right. has fresh bib lettuce that you pick from the garden or does it will a baby carrot count as a you know salad tonight and Sometimes we get overwhelmed with the, well, I don't have all of these ingredients to make these special things, so I'm not going to do anything at all. Absolutely. And also with ingredients, is it something that I'm going to use once or is it something that I can use in multiple dishes? A lot of times I want something that's like, here's how to have chicken seven ways. Here's eight ways to make tofu. I would much rather have a, you know, a core element that I can kind of repurpose six ways than have a, you won't repeat a meal for 30 days. Like, well, what am I going to do with the rest of the five pounds of quinoa? Why is that giving me so much anxiety? Oh the gosh. idea of not repeating a meal for 30 but days. I, but I think really when you're looking at all of this, we're all different. Some people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, variety. That's what I've been missing. Oh, I, you know, I want, you know, I've got all the energy in the world or I've got no energy. Really understanding where you fit on all of these items actually is going to matter on your success. Yeah. And, you know, an another thing to think about is do you have access to all of the right tools that you need? Do you have the pots and pans? Do you have, you know, whatever, you know, gadget du jour is going on? And, you know, we actually within the last year have gotten an Instapot and an air fryer yeah. and, and they've both actually, you know, been real boons. But in the my old days, you know, I bought like a juicer and, yeah. you know, we've got a food um, processor that sits basically fallow yeah. like up in the cabinet. A, a mandolin. Uh, <laughs> mandolin, exactly. Oh, my God. A it, finger it just, murder machine. <laughs> it just seemed so it just seemed so wonderful to be able to so easily slice our cucumbers with, oh, <laughs> with the oh, mandolin. It's got to be a better way. Yeah. So, 
you know, are we going to come in hot? It's like Catherine was saying about the ingredients. Are we going to buy all of these gadgets and then actually use them and continue to use them? I have to admit there is a little bit of a barrier for me with the air fryer sometimes because I don't want to clean it afterwards. And so I have to just sort of, you know, get myself psyched up to use it sometimes because I don't want to actually wash it afterwards. But once I do, I'm very happy that I did. So ask yourself, do you have these things? Are you going to use them? Or are you just coming in hot? Are you just like getting excited over a gadget? Um, Or is it just unrealistic for you to go buy new appliances and dishes and pots and pans? Um, Or should you try and do, you know, make do with what you have? Right. I mean, there's like the Foreman, George Foreman grill. Right. It's like, oh, you can grill everything, the George Foreman grill. Oh, your poor grandma like fell victim to the George Foreman grill. Oh my gosh, so (laughs) many George Foreman grills sitting somewhere. But it's that, you know, and this can be any given day, depending on that, you know, the energy that Donald was talking about earlier. If you get home and just shudder at the idea of having to clean pots and pans or I don't want to make any more dirty dishes. The kitchen is a mess. Get paper plates. I know, and believe me, please, please, please. I used to, you know, turn my nose up at people who used paper plates. But if your energy is so low that actually doing dishes is a barrier to you, there is zero shame in using paper plates. If that's one small thing that can make it easier for you to live your life, then do that. There is no shame in it. I swear sometimes the idea of washing dishes is like kryptonite to me. Like I just, I the idea of it just, you know, makes me want to crawl up in a ball and do nothing at all. Well, but I think that there is a, you know, that ideal self is, okay, I, you know, I use all of these, you know, saute pans and all these, you know, fancy gadgets and whatever. But if if you realize that you are too tired or maybe you do that one night and the idea of doing it again is too much, maybe that means it's a frozen meal night. Maybe it means that you're using, you know, just the microwave and you're not dirtying 30 pots and pans, which I have fallen victim to before where I just get like, okay, well, I've got to make this from scratch meal and now I've got all these dishes to do. Maybe just knowing that that's a once a week thing. When I was growing up, uh, a lot of times uh, when I was older, Sunday was the big dinner. And everything else was just super easy, like, you know, heat and serve things. Yeah. And having a once a week indulgent dinner that was a bigger meal or even once a month is totally fine. You can still because you might actually really enjoy that process. Like you might really love that home cooked meal where you can still make that part of your life. Right. But make it on, you know, the you know, middle of the month or the first of the month, we always do the big meal or the last Sunday of the month. Make it still part of your life, but not the ideal for every day. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's getting over that all or nothing attitude. It's like you don't have to go extreme one way or the or another. You can work in these home-cooked meals from time to time as you have time. So another factor, and this really plays into everything, is cost. What is a priority? You know, I've, I've seen these things before. It's like I want it fresh and fast and cheap. Like, right. eh, I don't know that that Yeah, always... you can have two of the three. <laughs> right. So what is a priority? Single serving for ease of tracking 
It might be more expensive, but it might be a tool toward success. We have talked to people before who said that their families hated the idea of single serving because of the environment. But here's the thing. If you buy a family size bag of potato chips because it's more cost effective, it's not cost effective if you eat half the bag and then it turns into two servings, which is much more expensive than the single servings. Yeah, for sure. And, And there is a cost you know, it, not in hard dollars, but there's a cost to health. And yeah. and really, look, I don't want to get super philosophical about this, but there's a cost to quality of life, yeah. you know, as you go along. And you're, you're just punishing yourself by trying to save money. You're punishing your health over and over again. And then in the long term, you're, you're, you know, you end up with medical costs or you yeah. end up with the cost of not being able to enjoy your life because you just can't move because, you know, you're, you're stuck with all of these health problems. And then you're going to have to live in a van down by the river. Agreed. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> but, trying to save money leads you to vans down by rivers. But sometimes, you know, like fast food is inexpensive and fast, but it can be really high in calories. Yeah. A way to counter that is to get the kids meal, which is my, always my product to, to Tip of the week, pow, tow. Pow, tow. Um, But also Costco is inexpensive, but you have to buy things in bulk, which might lead to overeating. So really, we've talked about this before too. I buy produce and like meat and stuff at Costco, but I do not buy Nutella in bulk right. or peanut butter or chips, like all but of those But it's so cost-saving to buy those things. Yeah, like and, I Until can't. you eat them all the first day or two. No, I'm all about spending a lot of money on food that is calorically questionable. Yeah. And then saving money on the high-quality uh, value foods Well, Costco. it also might be a deterrent to you or to some people to, you know, that if you make a policy for your that you will only buy the high cost <laughs> single serving of those indulgence foods. Yeah. Um, another thing to consider, and you know, we did an episode very recently about boundaries. And one of the things that we that we said and touched on in those episodes was that when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another thing. And that can not only apply to boundaries, but to just about anything in life. And you need to consider the time. How much time will it take to prep, cook, and clean up too? Like, will it take less time to deliver, drive through? You know, does this season of your life align with your ideal way of eating or would it be more helpful to be flexible? And, you know, so if you're saying yes to prepping and making all of these, you know, from scratch meals and taking all of this time to do it. Maybe you're saying no to other things in your life, like your your exercise, your fitness. Maybe you're saying no to family quality time. You know, you can't do all of it. There are only 24 hours in a day. Maybe you're saying no to getting enough sleep even um, if you're spending all this time doing these other things. And maybe, you know, it's time to try and, you know, dial back on some of it so that you can focus on some of the other things. Yeah, and, you know, and we're going to give some examples later, but all of this ties into health goals also. So just replace food with health goals in all of this because, you know, it's like, do you want, you know, like, oh, I want to do a different workout every day. Oh, right. like, oh, I can't afford a personal trainer. So what am I going to do? I can't do anything. I used to think that if you didn't have a weight, like an, an, a, a, like an actual barbell or something, that you couldn't do exercises or doing exercises at home. We had a yeah, new, for 
sure. a neighbor who said that she was doing uh, body weight exercises. I was like, body weight? What's that? <laughs> like, well, you know, you just do like a push-up at home. I was like, well, that's nothing. Like, Only chumps do push-ups yeah, at home. Yeah, you must be poor. <laughs> like, and, but it really, like, I thought you had to have some personal trainer in order to get anything done. Turns yeah. Out, uh, go back to old episodes. We had personal trainer. Didn't work out too well for us, so. Yeah, and Catherine and I have not set foot in a gym in over five years and, and have managed to lose weight and maintain our fitness. And, you know, speaking of, of you know, t- things that take time, there was this comedy sketch show called <laughs> Mr. Show on HBO, and they had a fake commercial on there for this mustard mayonnaise, and it sort of Which opens- is actually like a thing that they have now, but this was 15, Yeah, yeah, Dijonese, I think, is a real thing, but- it was. It starts out with a, a guy trying to make a sandwich, and he's like, "Do you have to spread mustard and mayonnaise on your sandwich?" There's got to be a There's, better way. No one's got time for that. And There's got to be a better way. And it was a montage of him like missing his daughter's baptism yeah. and, her, and her communion and her high school graduation and it was like dad he's like no i gotta put on the mustard and the mayonnaise like took too much time to spread both on the sandwich and so they had both in the same jar to save time and it was funny ha 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 who doesn't have time for that but how many times have you said like i can't make a salad so i'm just not gonna have anything it's like okay well you don't have to have your own garden you can just buy a pre-made bagged salad and it's fine and we get to that snobby thing of like oh well that's trashy or oh gosh like Ooh, you went to McDonald's? That's terrible. But if that's all you have the bandwidth for, it's fine. It's fine. absolutely. And speaking of which, it goes back into that quality. Do you expect everything to be organic and non-GMO and fresh from the farmer's market? Or are you okay with adding in some packaged frozen food? I'm a big fan of the semi-homemade meal. I used to think that I I had to make everything from scratch. And then uh, on the Food Network, there was a show called Semi-Homemade. The woman went kind of out of her way for elaborate whatever. But she would be like, oh, buy this rotisserie chicken from the store and then pair it with homemade vegetables. And it takes out half of the work. And sure, in an ideal world, I would make everything from scratch. But when you think about your actual time, your decision fatigue, energy expenditure, all these different things, you realize that it can be malleable. And that, again, can change from week to week and looking at your season. There are some weeks when we don't have anything going on and we can be a little bit more creative or have a little bit more variety. And then there are times, especially with my depression and anxiety and our daughter going back to high school, where I just might not have the energy or the time that I would like to have the most you know beautiful quality everything in the world. And it's okay to still be on a plan, but have a little bit of flexibility there. And, you know, I love, I've mentioned this on the show before, I love fresh pineapple and fresh cauliflower, but do I have the time or the energy to buy a fresh head of cauliflower yeah. and chop it and wash it? No. I do not. <laughs> Maybe that's all in my head, but I feel like I do not. Do I have the time or the energy to buy a fresh pineapple and, and you know, watch well, another YouTube video about how to cut it, which I've done a few times? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to name names, but there was someone in Walt Place who said that they're, uh, they bought prepackaged uh pineapple like we had suggested and their mother literally said wow you buy the pre-packaged pineapple 
a good mother would buy a fresh pineapple to oh. show their kids oh. how to go from a raw ingredient to a cooked, you know, to a, like a perfectly chopped ingredient. Can you imagine if we did that with everything? Oh, you don't churn your own butter? Right. Like, ooh, what kind of a garbage oh, parent you, are you? Oh, you buy pre-made butter from the store? Oh, ooh. man. Oh, you, you buy milk that's already like been pasteurized You don't have in your own jug? cow? Yeah, you don't have your own cow. It's Like, oh, you don't, you like, know. where does it stop? You don't make your own fabric for your own clothing like but we can say ha 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 to single things like that but if you think about it like oh you didn't make your own car like oh you didn't build your own home oh you didn't you know mill your own wheat it sounds silly but every i guarantee every single one of us looks down our nose at someone for some pre-made thing or some you know cheap thing but we think that our choices are the most virtuous right. and the most perfect and the most sustainable and whatever. But then we get upset when someone else does it a different way and we think like, oh, you're a garbage person because you brought an Uncrustable. I'm like, please, kid, would you just eat an Uncrustable right now? Because I don't know what else to feed you. And that is totally fine. Yeah, it's, I've long ago come to terms with it. I decided many years ago after seeing, you know, Not this is Not to step on anyone's shadow. Or no, that's a Whitney Houston song. Sorry, I'll right. stop talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never, <laughs> Never to walk, walk in anyone's shadow. shadow. Yes, if we're being accurate here. Um, no, I decided that I was not, now I can't get Sorry. that song out of my head. I decided that, you know, after seeing cousins and uncles who just had cars up on blocks, like, all the time, that I was never going to change my own oil. I just decided I'm going to will be remain willfully ignorant, just hand my wallet yeah, over to the car mechanic, and just, you're... I just, I could not go down that road of trying to do that. And so I have also done the same thing with chopping pineapple and yeah. cauliflower, and I just, you know, it's. I'm almost at a point where if I didn't do that, then I just wouldn't have fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah. And, and look, I know some people out there might be rolling their eyes and, and thinking I'm lazy, but I have to make a choice sometimes. And sometimes the prepackaged, it, you know, gets me to my goal, whereas doing nothing wouldn't. Right. And, you know, and that is such a huge part of it, deciding what is a priority because if everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. If you've got to have everything homemade, perfectly balanced, total control over it that everyone loves, you're going to lose out somewhere. And we have to decide day by day what our priorities are and what we're ready for and to let go of the judgment of other people. And there are still people who are like, you're going to eat all that? Like, oh, right. no one could eat oh a my whole God. salad. Drives me crazy. Who is the arbiter of That's the That's a perfect... real big salad, Don. But it's like, I call it the Goldilocks effect of like, there's a person out there who's going to be the arbiter of the perfect portion size, the perfect calories, the perfect freshness, like, oh, a good parent would do this, a good grown-up would do that. And once we let go and realize that everybody has their own barometer of perfection and nobody's right, you just have to do or you have the opportunity to do what is right for you. I've talked about it too. I'm 47 years old now. What, when's the point where I'm suddenly <laughs> going to be the person who is going to right. like live their own life? Like 87. 87? Yeah, I've decided it's 87. Yeah, no, you need to do it now. I mean, like, you're a grown woman. I'm a grown man. Like, if we can't, you know, advocate for ourselves at this point, you know, when is it going to happen? For sure. So the the next thing, and uh, we're moving into the final stages of this uh, to think about, is duration of satisfaction. Is what you're going to eat filling 
or is it going to prompt more snackiness? Yeah. And this has really been a trial and error uh, for me. You know, is this the kind of food that's going to satisfy me for a while, or am I going to be hungry again in five minutes? And I have found for me personally that if I stick to very high protein items or fruit, which I know is not high protein, earlier in the day, it allows me to remain less hungry. And then I save my kind of triggery snacky foods for a little later in the day. It works best for me. If I eat things like, you know, cottage cheese, yogurt, um, veggie burgers, you know, veggie sausages, that kind of thing, things that are really high protein, that really keeps me filled up and satisfied longer than than when I start the day with like chips or with something, you know, sugary um, that really makes me just want to keep eating that sort of thing. Yeah, being a student of the way food makes you feel really does matter because I know even after losing all of this weight, I know there's somebody out there who's like, well, no, you can eat whatever you want. I cannot. Or you know what? Yeah. I can, but I pay the consequences for that. Um, I have come to the final conclusion we've talked about this before that three strikes you're out rule yeah uh, which was a base that's a good one yeah baseball thing of like if you if you fail three times that means that maybe it's a no-go i simply cannot have protein bars which are actually candy bars but they say protein it's spelled incorrectly right it for me it just makes me want to have two or three of them. Oh, it's so much protein. I eat oh. them as dessert. Like, that's how, you know, but desserty I, they are. And I can't even do that. Donald has food in the house that he can moderate, and I can't. And knowing that about myself, it takes away that decision fatigue. Yeah. I just don't eat them in the house, and it, it takes that away. It is not a food that I can moderate at this point. And it's been years. And every time I go, well, maybe I'm at the point where now I can do it. I can't do it. Yeah. And so they're just not a factor in my plan. Or you can do the thing that we've talked about before of pairing an indulgence with a limited thing. So getting my hair cut, I get a bagel. You could switch that out. And every time you get an oil change, then you have a single protein bar in public, not in your house. You don't buy them in bulk at Costco. You just get it all done. I have to know myself. I have the opportunity to understand how food affects me. Yeah, we call it pairing is caring. Pairing is caring. And we did an episode called that, which I will link to in the show notes. Oh, thank you. I didn't even suggest it, so this is on you. I wasn't going to do it at all. (laughs) So as we're kind of finishing up here, I wanted to give three examples of the sort of big extremes. You know, we again, we used to think about that all or nothing, that perfection or taking out, you know, taking out fast food. You know, when you (laughs) are... taking out fast food like a human a human taking out fast food so these might be extreme but there are times depending on our energy the season that we're in our financial situation our stress levels that we might be able to do any number of these options and again it might be extreme but think about where you are on the spectrum right now based on you know all of all of the different factors we've discussed so let's say a salad what does mm. a salad mean to you, Donald? You don't actually have to answer that. <laughs> about it. This episode's gone on too long. So we're going from one extreme to the other. Think about that uh, that evolution of man situation. Right now we're at the, the highest level, 
peak performance, everything in your life is going perfectly. Maybe for a salad, you're the kind of person who grows your own vegetables, Donald. Oh. You have your own garden that you tend to perfectly. Everything is organic and homemade, and it's all wonderful. That does not sound like me, but sure, let's sure. do it. But, you know, there, there's somebody out there right now who's like, of course, yes. that's the only way you have a salad. Absolutely. Um, and then there's, you know, maybe the farmer's market. I used to think that was the ideal. Go to the farmer's market, buy so much you can't even get it in your fridge. Right. And then it all goes bad, which is what we used to do. We did that over and over yeah, again without thing. learning a lesson. You get a CSA box. I don't know what CSA stands for, but it's a box of vegetables <laughs> that shows up. Half of it, you don't Customer know what they are. Customer Service Association <laughs> box full of vegetables. Sure. But we got a CSA box for a while. Yeah. And it was, it was just too many things. I didn't know what to do with it all. It ended up going bad. But maybe that's the way you get in your vegetables. Super duper for you. Below that... You buy raw ingredients at the grocery store. Right. Super duper if that works. Everything, you you know, you know, wash it. Nothing comes in a bag. Many things are super duper right now. Many things are super duper. Uh, sorry, these are my expletives or adjectives. <laughs> I don't know right now. But then if that seems too much, you get bagged. You get pre-chopped. You get pre-packaged. There is zero shame in that. I do that all the time. There are times I bought uh, lettuce. Donald, uh, I'm going to out myself here. Uh, I bought lettuce going fallow in the in the crisper, not, <laughs> not so crisp. And Donald said, hey, Catherine Weigel, noticing the lettuce is going bad. Would you consider buying bagged lettuce? I did not appreciate his insight on my letting the, the vegetables. Because just having the vegetables seems like I'm making progress. Yeah, just having yeah. them in the house. He goes, why don't you buy something bagged? Uh, mind your own business, I said to him. But it's also very true. Maybe getting bagged is the way to go. You know, I don't think of myself as a lazy person, but then I think about the idea of chopping my own lettuce uh. and washing it. And, you know, I would rather just curl up in a ball <laughs> on the floor and do nothing. Yeah. So, um, and if bagged seems like too much, the step down from that is they sell handy little bowls at the grocery store with, like, you got your Caesar salad. Oh, yeah. You got your... You know, Asian-inspired salads. You can just buy it in a bowl, ready to go, All the grocery stores around us, it's not just Whole Foods and Trader Joe's anymore. They all have, like, pre-made, you know, yeah, salads the, that are reasonable calories. And the calorie counts are already on them. Yeah. You don't have to measure anything. You can just do that. So that is also very helpful. Or, you know, your salad bars. That's a thing that people do. Put it all together. Um, and then when that fails, when that fa I'm just – I'm punctuating this by saying it slowly, Donald. Yeah. He's just looking at me. You know what? Maybe the role of salad is just putting jarred salsa on something you're eating. Right. Maybe it's a single baby carrot, and that counts. I yeah. definitely do that with our uh, our daughter. Sometimes, uh, you know, a salad is is actually a salad. Sometimes the role of salad is just you know two sliced cucumber slivers, and that's it. Two cherry tomatoes. I snack on on pre washed, cleaned baby carrots and um and cherry tomatoes all the time, like all the time, almost every day. And I call it a salad in my head. In my heart, it's a salad. Yeah, if ketchup <laughs> is a vegetable, so is a carrot. That's right. But that can change based on my energy level for a day, for a week. There are times when the jarred, you know, mason jar salad. That's going to happen. And when that does, that is a special day. That is an amazing day. But it is that is the ideal. That is not a typical day. So you can have this whole spectrum for all of it. So I'm going to go through uh, more quickly because, you know, we can do yuck yucks and asides all the time. Yeah. So dinner. Here, Here's uh, dinner from the ideal to the basic. 
a from scratch meal covering every single food group. Next down is semi homemade. Again, the rotisserie chicken with maybe some bagged uh, bagged lettuce or bagged uh, cauliflower. Yeah. Below that is everything just from the hot bar at the grocery store. Maybe you just get the you know the pre made everything and that's okay. Below that is getting takeout. You can find so many different uh, restaurants have their calories on the menu. Just pick some things that you know are are calorie friendly, fit into your plan. Count it that way. And below that is getting a frozen meal. There are so many ways that you can just get a Stouffer's, like that is, that's just a normal brand. Get a Stouffer's frozen lasagna, pair that with a bag salad. You got a meal. What people end up doing, which I've seen before, is if I can't make a from scratch meal, I'm just going to get fast food takeout. Yeah. But you can get a frozen meal that isn't even a diet lean cuisine. You can get a frozen meal and have that. And it's going to be, sure, 500 calories. That's so many calories. But that's less than getting a 1,600-calorie fast food, you know, supersize. And maybe you can. Maybe there are fast food options to where you can, you know, fit it into your calories, fit it into your diet plan, whatever it is. But you have to really be disciplined to do that. Like, you know, I have this terrible problem of, you know, being like, oh, I could get a reasonable fast food meal. And then I'm adding and adding and adding. So you have to know yourself and know whether you can really just, you know, stick with like the kids meal or something. Right. So below the frozen meal, and then you can also go with the, the diet frozen meal or whatever, is like maybe... A meal, which I actually did recently, which was a revelation. We had cereal for dinner a while ago. Yeah. Our daughter could not have been more delighted. It was a party. Yeah. And getting out of that mindset of this is what dinner is, why are you trying to make the most complicated decision of the day at the time in which you're the most exhausted? Right. You can do a flip-a-doodle. That's what I just call it, a flip-a-doodle, everybody. <laughs> wow, a flip-a-doodle. Watch my language. But actually doing breakfast for dinner. Hey, guess what? You could have scrambled eggs for dinner and maybe have a more complicated breakfast that is is harder to make. I am exhausted by five o'clock and sometimes just knowing that, you know, sure, you're not going to have cereal for dinner every night, but you can, you're still a good person. You're still a valuable member of society if you're making dinner super easy for yourself. And again, Monday, you could have all the energy in the world. By Friday, you're exhausted. Make it easy on yourself and just have cereal for dinner or make that the night that you get the single slice of Costco pizza. It doesn't have to be perfect every single night. Absolutely not. And finally, we touched on this uh, kind of uh, earlier in the episode. Think about it in terms of your workout or fitness goals. In a perfect world, sure, you would have a personal trainer that had you kayaking on the open sea and, you know, doing, you know, gymnastics or whatever. But realistically, maybe that doesn't work out. Maybe you get a personal. All of those personal trainers who use kayaking as a tool. No, but like I remember looking in People magazine like, oh, the fitness levels on the stars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and be like, well, we do kickboxing on Monday and then on Tuesday we run through the, you know, the Saharan desert and then on Wednesdays we do jump rope or whatever. And like – It's not – I used to think like, whoa, if I was just, you know, Cheryl Teague, then I could – I don't know. I I don't know if Cheryl Teague does anything. But, (laughs) you know, I used to think that, oh, great, Madonna has this varied program that she does every day. Must be nice. If I can't do that, then I'm going to do nothing. I don't have the time to go, you know, running on the beach every day. Like, I'm – I'm in our house. I don't have any more time. Yeah, So guess what? Below that, you could just – you could get a personal trainer once a week. You could go to the gym. You could take gym classes down from there. 
if the gym is too much, it's too far away, it's too expensive, I don't have the time for it, you can do workout videos at home. You can buy, you know, weights for your own house, a shake weight, you know, a thigh mass or whatever, you could have that in your house. Below that, you can just do uh, body weight resistant. I had plenty of weight and plenty of resistance to yeah. just do it on my own self. I used to laugh at people or, you know, I've talked about it before, your sister coming and just doing stretching in our living room. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> guess what? It's not going to do anything. Sitting on the couch, heckling, pointing at people and laughing is definitely not burning as many calories as just doing anything. Yeah, it's, it you know, ties right back to that all or nothing attitude. Right. And getting into that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, the just daily walking around, getting in, sneaking in more steps, keeping your body moving every day, that also matters. And below that... Again, a single push-up, a single walk, you know, to the mailbox and back twice a day. Well, that's two singles. Uh, you know, that single push-up that you do on the counter if you can't do a full push-up. Sometimes two singles don't make a double. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, but there is a wide spectrum. And when we say, well, I can't do my half-hour workout, so I'm not going to do anything. Okay, can you do a single push-up? Yeah, but this isn't going to do anything. You know, could okay, in the time you just complained about it, you could have already done it and then said that you got something in. Yeah, and, you know, I know we're trying to uh, wrap this up at this point, but this happened to me not that long ago. You know, Catherine and I are not immune to the all-or-nothing attitude. At the beginning, early times of the pandemic, I was doing a very, you know, well, for me at least, extensive workout where I was doing uh, weightlifting and, and some, you know, body weight training, and then... When I went back to work in the middle of 2020, I basically stopped doing any of it, you know, because I sort of got it into my head if I couldn't do my full routine. And it's only been within the last uh, couple of months or maybe month and a half that I, you know, really thought to myself, you know, I could do two push-ups and a 15-second plank. Like, I can do that much. And, you know, now I'm up to 12 push-ups and a minute and 15 plank. And it really feels great to be doing something. And I really can feel and see the difference in myself just from doing that. I'm doing no other strength training. I'm still getting my steps and my thermogenesis, uh, my non-activity, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, my NEAT. Um, but it really does make a difference just doing those couple of things. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And, you know, I have to remind myself of that all the time too. Yeah. And, you know, as we, as we sort of finish this up, we can get really caught up in worrying about the perception of what we're doing, what other people will think about the size of our salads, whether we prepare things, whether we buy things, you know, from, from scratch or pre-bagged. We can worry about what we see on Instagram and the perfect acai bowls or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, we can see what we perceive as the perfect way to do something and the manicured lives that people show on the internet. And if we're not doing it like them, then we're garbage people and, you know, we might as well not do anything. And the real part of permanent weight loss and permanent mindset change is realizing that it does not matter what anyone else is doing and focusing on yourself, staying in your own lane, following your own path and finding something that actually works for you is the best way to fulfill your life. We don't have to wait for this perfect plan or a 30 day fix or see what some fitness, you know, enthusiast, uh, the inspiration person is doing on the <laughs> internet 
to follow in their footsteps. Real freedom comes from adapting to your own circumstances, that realizing that no matter what, there is a spectrum of choices that we have each and every day that can help us fulfill our long-term health goals. When we wait for the next season to start, for school to start, for the holidays to be over, for tax season to be over, for you know the roof to be redone on the house, when we keep pushing that perfect down the line, suddenly we wake up and it's been a year and we could have been making progress instead of waiting for that perfect moment. So we are asking you today to take into consideration all of the excuses and the limitations and the energy levels that you have and start focusing on a plan that is actually going to work for you. I didn't think about all this high-level stuff when I started out five years ago, so you're nope. getting the benefit of five years of introspection. At first, all I did was count calories. I didn't think about all the stuff, but I knew that I could just make it easy to make it easy for myself. And that just started with doing the work every day and not waiting for perfect. And we are asking you to not wait for perfect and just get on the road, start walking, start getting it done. Well, thank you very much for listening and waiting for this perfect episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. We we do, uh, I know I say this at the end of every episode, but it's because it's true. We really deeply appreciate every single one of you for listening. Uh, we are grateful for anybody wanting to hear what we have to say. And uh, thank you so much. If you would like to listen to more of our episodes, they are all available wherever you found this podcast and also on our website, weonlylookthin.com. And, you know, something I don't usually mention is you can actually search. Uh, we have a search bar on there. You can search for different topics if there's something that you're looking for that maybe you think we haven't talked about or you want a refresher on or or maybe there's a particular thing that you want to know. Did they do an episode on blank? Um, you can search and look for it. And if there's an episode that we haven't done at, at something about that you want to talk about, you can always email us to weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Yeah, it might take a little while for us to get back to you. Uh, we've got lots of things going on trying to prioritize, but uh, but hopefully we will get back to you. Uh, but going back to the website, if you are on that website, you can click on join our support group. Oh, and yeah, find please out. do that. Please stay on the website. Please. Don't email us. Click on <laughs> click on join our support group. I skipped over that. Oh, that's fine. But we have a uh, support group called Wolt Place. We only look thin place. It's based on Facebook. It's an accountability and support group uh, for women. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a place for support and inspiration. And uh, it's a safe, quiet corner of the internet uh, away from prying eyes. I know I've said this before, but my 97-year-old grandmother is on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of eyes uh, watching what I do on Facebook. But well, place is private. So find out more about that by uh, going to our website. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolf Place is right for you. And you can interact directly with Catherine Weigel Catherine at Weigel. Wolf Place. Uh, if you want some less direct interaction with us, you can also find us on social media, as the kids call it. Uh, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. And if you would like to throw a little love our way, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It helps people find us when they're doing uh, searches for inspirational podcasts like ours. It also boosts our mood. So thank you to everyone who has left us a rating and a review. We truly appreciate it worldwide. Another thing you can do for us if you're saying to yourselves, 
Catherine and Donald have done so much for me over their microphones. What can I do for them? You could tell somebody else about sure our could. show. That sharing is, uh, is caring. Yes, indeed. If you know somebody who might like it, uh, you can suggest it. Uh, you can say, you know, I heard on this podcast some wonderful advice involving XYZ and, and try and drive them our way. We would really be grateful and appreciate it. So the next time you're trying to decide whether you should do a flip-a-doodle for dinner <laughs> or act like a normal human taking out food, just remember Please that don't use Kath my words and I are me. <laughs> an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.